Idleman Unplugged is part of the Edify Podcast Network. I want to see your face Pass me by the crowds of people The priests who sing your praise Hello, my name is Shane Idleman, and I'm the pastor of Westside Christian Fellowship in Leona Valley, California. It is my personal heart and goal for you to see truth through a biblical perspective. I hope that you enjoy this segment of Idleman Unplugged. Hello and welcome to another episode of Idleman Unplugged. I am your host, Luke Duncan, and on this episode of the podcast, Todd Coconato interviews Pastor Shane on many controversial topics. We hope that you enjoy this segment of Idleman Unplugged. I hunger and thirst for your righteousness, and it's only found all right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the broadcast. So excited for you to be here today. I'm very excited about our guest. We're going back into the danger zone. It's a good danger zone, though, not a bad danger zone. Speaking truth, we got an amazing friend of mine. His name is Pastor Shane Eidelman. He's the senior pastor of Westside Christian Fellowship out there in Leona Valley, California. He's also a voice. He's an author. He's on the radio. He's all over the country. And so I want to welcome my friend, Pastor Shane. Welcome, sir, to the broadcast. Hey, Todd, it's great to be on here. Incredible opportunity to talk well, about the things that matter, right? That's what we got to do. And that's what you are doing. Um, I love your articles, by the way, that you write. And they're all over the you know different outlets. I see them in Christian, Christian Post and, and on the stream. And you put them up on your website, channelman.com. How did you get started writing these articles, by the way? I never asked you that. Wow. That's, it's a funny story because as we talk often, you know, the more we surrender our, our lives to the Lord and get filled with the spirit, you know, that that's when God really starts to direct us. And what is funny, I mean, the articles have won awards, like at the Amy yep. awards of different things. Um, but I graduated high school with the 1.8. I had, <laughs> I still have dyslexia. It's real. I spell misspell all the time. Uh, and so reading disability, learning disability, just you know, how is God going to use me? And so I actually came out with a book, what works when diets don't, when I left the fitness industry and my mom tore it apart. I'm talking months of editing and like redlining. People don't want to know this. People don't want to know this. And so she would help me edit the books and then edit the article. So eventually you learn, you know, you learn to write crisp and clean like a newspaper writer and just uh, what God puts on your heart. And so looking back, I can write a lot more better than I could then, but I still need an editor, you know, to finally fine tune those words that my eyes just miss and things. And that, so that's where it started God taking the least likely, which I shouldn't be writing books and articles. It's, it's, it cracks me up. And people that knew me back in high school, they're like, what? How's it? That's not possible. You know, you were the right. partier. You were, you're kind of stupid. You didn't get, you know, you, and, uh, but, but stupid in a good way, yeah, but, but smart biblically. Uh, and so God took that. God took the articles and then people would send me, uh, Hey, I, I, I can hook you up to the Christian post or Christian headlines or charisma news or, and I think right. they were just picking up on their own. Then the stream.org is a great platform. The stream.org. Yes. Uh, picked yes. it up about two years ago. And so God just opens the door and, and I'll, I'll write articles when I can. Um, it's, it's hard to find time with five kids at home and running a church and you I don't know. know how you do it. So, yeah. I don't know how you yeah. do it, but you do. And uh, when do you know, uh, is it the Lord that just puts something on your heart? Like when do you know you're supposed to yeah. write on this? Yeah. Yeah. And they're all at Shane If anyone wants to go there, the articles, there's a whole page for that. Usually as I'm reading the word and, um, and, and just 
it's almost like God downloads the points in my head. It's hard to explain, but I'll have a piece of paper always next to me and I'll be read reading Isaiah 64. Oh God, would you rend the heavens? And it just might, I just sometimes begin weeping over the condition of our nation, the state of our nation. I, I write out the verse and then the points come, you know, Oh, Ren, there's got to be a cry. There's got to be desperation. Are we desperate for the things of God and ripping open heaven? You know, God is everywhere, but his, his, some, there's something special about the manifest presence of God. And so just, these ideas come to me and I begin to just write them down and then send them to the editor. And I can write the article pretty quick when the ideas come to me, but it's the editing that can take a little bit of time. And, and also I, I hold off on releasing some, I mean, I don't know if we want to talk about the one I just released that some places didn't pick it up um, because I named names. And so, you know, praying over it first. And uh, I, I heard from a few people, we can't, you know, you can't do that. And so I still released it on my website because I think there comes a time and a place to, to call out some of these high profile people that are endorsing, you know, some pretty dangerous candidates. Yeah. So I think a lot of people are going to, for the right off the bat, they're going to be like, well, who'd you name? You know, so I, why don't we yeah. get into that? What was the article? What, who were you naming? What was it about? Well, and, it, and it's, it's actually good because I think we can name names if the heart is right and you season your words with grace. And it, the title of the message was an open letter to TD Jakes from California and how he, you know, had Beto O'Rourke at his church who believes in abortion up to full, full term. You know, I mean, up to where they're, you know, partial birth abortion, all that. Now, I don't know what Beto O'Rourke's heart is. I don't know if he's maybe growing in the Lord or maybe he's he's seeking. Like, I don't really know that, you know, but I did ask the question, hey, this demands, I think, a response. Of course, you're not going to get a Creflo dollar. Just acknowledge. Um, I don't remember her name uh, at his oh, church yeah. on Sunday. I'm talking uh, about the running for governor out there. And uh, was it um, Stacey uh, Adams, Stacey yeah, Adams? Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, I love these people as people, but their policies are destructive and dangerous. So I think we can lovingly say, hey, guys, you know, you might want to really reconsider what this looks like. And this would be a great opportunity to share your position, uh, because I believe we can be pro-life in the womb and pro-life all the way up to death as well. And so just it was just a loving challenge. I've cha- challenged Andy Stanley before in some of his questions. And if I say something that's not biblical and gives people pause for concern, you know, I did do that recently. I wrote an article, uh, is the bride of Christ being raped? And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, got got some pushback on that. But I said, hey, just read the article, then let right. me know. And then after they read the article, you know, it makes complete sense. But we've got to be open for constructive criticism, you know, on my end as well. But that's where that yeah. came from. And I think we can name names as long as we're loving and gracious. It's not coming from a judgmental heart. Well, yeah, I mean, you're not sitting there calling, like you said, saying something like he needs to get out of ministry. He's an awful person. I mean, you're basically yeah. calling out action of uh, something yeah. that he actually factually did and right. then bring, you know, OK, you had this person at your church. Well, this person stands for abortion uh, full term. Uh, yeah. You know, this person stands for all these anti-God policies. What how are you justifying this person in your church? So you're, you're basically just having a conversation right. and asking. You know, why this person supports these things, which I think this type of conversation chain needs to happen uh, because not enough, not enough people are asking these things. And then, you know, there's a lot of people that say Christians shouldn't get involved at all in politics. They say the separation of church and state. Uh, how have you kind of worked your way through that to say, you know what, I do need to take a stand on, on some of these issues? Well, praise God, David Barton's a friend of mine. He just spoke at my church, you know, a week ago. And then uh, we, we obviously use his material. I, I was really awakened from a spiritual slumber 20 years ago um, when 
I read his material and you realize, of course, you know, separation of church and state isn't even the constitution. And, you know, I don't want to belabor that point. I'm sure you have, but um, God is never removed from government. As a matter of fact, God has instituted the government. Right. So we're supposed to be you know, the family, the church and the government are three institutions ordained by God. And we're supposed to have an influence in all three of those areas. Now, I can see why, you know, we're not supposed to be political. I'm talking about politics every weekend. I'm having voter registration every weekend, which is good, you know, for sure. to have. And, and it's all about this candidate and this proposition, because our goal is the gospel. We're supposed to be a spiritual influence and finding that balance is hard because, you know, people look at, let's say uh, Jack Hibbs or Rob McCoy, you know, they're too political and this person isn't political enough. Well, let people be who God called them to be. You know, I'm sure you you're called too political. I'm called too political. And I'm like too political. Maybe what 1% out of all my sermons are, you know, politically. Now what, what you're, what, what you're really doing is you're upsetting people on the other side of the aisle. And so yes. you, you can, you're, it's fine if you're political as long as you're promoting what they believe in. But mm. as soon as you start to talk about what God's word says, now they want to silence you. And that's what the, the, that's what they're trying to do. You're too political. You're a homophobe. What's the big one now? I wrote on this too. Um, Christian nationalism. I mean, you love country, you love your family, you love God's word, and you want to see legislation that reflects that. Now you're Christian nationalist. And in this, these words, we just, we can't, we, I mean, I think it's okay to explain them, let people know, Hey, I'm not what that, that this ultra side of whatever this is. I'm not this extreme. I'm extreme person for Christ. I'm extreme. And we have extreme snowboarding, extreme makeovers, extreme mountain biking. We should have extreme passion for God. Uh, but you know, it's, it's good to clarify. We're not associated with a lot of these extreme groups, but we are going to unapologetically portray, proclaim the truth behind God's word. Yeah, it's a delicate balance, you know, because there are people that I guess on both sides would be considered extreme in their actions. We don't want to necessarily be tied to them, but at the same time, you got to take a stand for truth. And so that it is a delicate balance. Um, I remember Francis Chan was talking about something along the lines that he was at a, a conference where there were some really, you know, charismatic speakers and he kind of yeah. came from a more conservative background. And people said, well, yeah. why did you go to that conference? And he's like, look, I came to share the gospel, you know, and I, I always remember what he said with that because I've been in that same kind of situation a few times where I don't a hundred percent agree with everybody, but for the most part, you know, we can, we can get along, but I, I don't know what every person at the conference is going to say, you know? And so, so you're a voice out there in California, which typically is a, a blue state, uh, but I'm seeing more and more people. Uh, we just had pastor Jack Hibbs on yesterday uh, that are speaking out and standing up. And uh, so when we come back, I want to play this clip uh, that you mentioned uh, where uh, this woman who's running for governor of the state of Georgia uh, literally was welcomed into Creflo Dollars Church. And I want to just play the whole thing so people can hear it if they haven't heard it. So uh, we will be right back. we got Pastor Shane Eidelman. He's the senior pastor of Westside Christian Fellowship. You can go to my website, PastorTodd.org. You can also go to Shane's website, ShaneEidelman.com. And he's got his own radio station, by the way, which we'll talk about in a minute. I love this topic. It's so important. Yeah, man. I want to play this clip from Crefro Dollar. You had mentioned this in your article, and I think people just need to hear what we're talking about because a lot of people don't understand what we're talking about. So this was this last Sunday during his service, Stacey Abrams, who's running for governor of the state of Georgia, is in attendance. By the way, she's in the front row. And uh, here's how this whole thing went down. So let's listen. For being here. Right before you take your seat, I, I just want to say this because I want to see how it sounds. Uh, Governor Stacey Abrams just walked in. So this is his church. Yes, ma'am. So uh, 
so you already know what to do, right? How many of you have already done it? That's big time. Wow. So there you have it. That's Prefro Dollar. By the way, he just recently came out against tithing, too, which is interesting because he's been uh, known to be a prosperity teacher. Yeah. Yeah. Most of his life. And now all of a sudden he's against tithing. Uh, But when you hear that going on in the service and what what I think about this, Shane, is how many people come against us. We don't even do anything close to this in our services where we're we're basically endorsing somebody in the service. I mean, you know, I, I guess maybe once in a while, but I, I haven't seen anything like this. Uh, and, and we're, we're always accused. Uh, what do you think when you see this? Well, there's a couple of thoughts. I remember David Platt had to deal with this when Trump stopped by his uh, church, what a few years ago. So a couple of things are, I think are at play here. Um, the, a lot of the black community, which I, we have a black associate pastor and we, we just oh. we're, we have no, we have no room for racism whatsoever, but they do look through life through a different lens. Um, and I've got, I've got pastor friends here in town, black pastor friends, actually um, a large population is Democrat that attend their services and they just, you know, Hey, the government allows abortion, you know, that's up to them. Uh, and you guys aren't very concerned about, you know, life after the womb, you know, womb to tomb. And you don't, you know, you don't care about the poor, the needy. That's what, you know, our part And of course, we know the truth behind it. So I think they, they just look through life, you know, through a different lens, diff, politics through a different right. lens. And so Stacy's there. Maybe she says she's a believer. Um, and it's hard not to want brownie points, you know, when someone of that status walks into your church. It's kind of a, it's, it's a, a, an ego driven thing. I mean, I've had to hold my tongue sometimes. I've had some state representatives in our church because I didn't know how people would take it and I didn't want my ego to, to come up. And, um, so you have that involved and also, um, maybe, you know, again, I don't think she's changing. Maybe your heart's more open. Probably not. But it's just a it's a pretty dangerous move. And what they're doing is they cater to the majority of their audience and they they then then they hurt, you know, people on the other side of the political aisle that just have no idea why they're doing that. Um, and I don't think she's a governor, is she? I mean, no, he, no. he just she's a candidate. Yeah, she's, yeah. A, she's a candidate for that. So he's fully, when he says Governor Stacey Adams, he's fully endorsing her. So I think from him, T.D. Jakes, and who, even myself, I mean, look at what is the message we're sending, especially to the Christian community. And with, with Trump and David Platts, that's a little bit easier because you don't look at him, you look at the platform, you look at the policies, you look at Mike Pompeo in office, Ben Carson in office, uh, appointing Tony Perkins possibly over this. You're looking to Christian pastors to, for policies and procedures. You look at the, the working class and black un- unemployment, you know, never been so low. And you look at the policies uh, for pro-life and, and you don't look at the person necessarily. And that's what I don't think they realize is they're really endorsing a destructive a platform, political platform. 100% a great answer. I mean, you know, one of the things that's happened in the ministry here for the first time this year is I'm having parents reaching out and saying, Pastor Todd, what do I do? My son or my daughter wants to transition. You know, um, you know, their school is, is encouraging this. And, you know, I'm a Christian. And what do I do? How do I handle this? This is a new type of question that I have not gotten in 24 years of mission. I've never heard this before. Are you hearing anything along these lines, Pastor Shane? Yeah, I mean, not in our congregation per se, uh, that somebody's actually going to think about transitioning, but struggling with same-sex attraction and with, um, you know, bisexual, bi- non-binary, uh, for sure. Um, but here's here's what's happening. You know, you get a 12-year-old whose hormones are going crazy, and we know that uh, depression 
fear, suicide is an increasing at an alarming rate. I mean, we don't, we can get into Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, you know, what's producing this and this. And, and, and so you have these people that are confused. Hormones are going. There's no certainty. And obviously, you know, if I, if I can change my, gender, maybe that's where I'm going to find some peace or some hope, or they genuinely struggle with it. Because I believe if you open the door, uh, TikTok, watching videos, YouTube, uh, now they're coming out with a new, uh, you know, transgender Barbie. And uh, Mark, Mark Driscoll said, just in time for Christmas and Armageddon. I had to, I had to laugh, laugh for that. But, you know, and so they're, they're seeing this and if they're opening themselves up to it, now the demonic stronghold comes in and begin to can plant those seeds of doubt and transition, you know, take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. We're in a spiritual warfare. So that's my concern about schools and uh, social media really picking this up is you're putting these thoughts in the minds of kids. And at that age, it, to me, it's child abuse, transgender surgery, transitioning surgery is up 400% in minors. And that is child abuse. You're going to find that most of these are going to want to switch back. And when you do something like that, uh, you, you can't just switch back. You know, you've got, you're taking hormone replacement therapy. Uh, things have been removed. It's, it's terrible. It is absolutely terrible. You know, what you just said is exactly right. I mean, you think about our generation, you get a tattoo, you know, I, I probably have a couple of tattoos that I regret, you know, but yeah. you know, it's part of testimony is what it is. Yeah. You know, people say, you get any more now? Well, probably not. You know, um, I yeah. know there's some pastors that do and, you know, to each his own, you got to pray about that. But I'm just saying for me, you know, I try to abstain from even the appearance of evil and, you know, I don't want to be uh, somebody say, well, there's pastor Todd getting more tattoos. I can get a mommy, you know, and the parent is against, I don't want to be that person, right. you know? So, uh, but when you think about like cutting off a body part, that's it. I mean, you're not going to get that back. And I just think, you know, this is kind of a newer thing. I mean, as, as much as it's been around, I mean, this is, this is, I mean, you look at the statistics, it went from like under 3% to like, I think it's like 11 or 12% in certain uh, age brackets where people are now identifying in some of these, you know, different gender conformities. This right. is remarkable and absolutely unbelievable to think about yeah. how much this is. What do you think the factor is? Why has this gone up so much? Well, I think also the media playing into it, promoting it. It's like the new thing. It's like cool if you're transgender. And so, gosh, you know, waiting till you're married, husband, husband and wife only. That's so passe. That's like my parents. That's like the Puritans, you know, and, and it's just this big movement as well. Number one, you mentioned, why do people get surgery? Well, when you start, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the, the uh, hormone replacement begins first. Can you hold that for one second? We've got to go to a yeah, break here, but I want to hear this. Back, this is going to be good. Uh, yeah, pastors, this conversation is incredibly essential right now because a lot of pastors are not having this type of conversation and there's all different types of things that are happening in the body of Christ. So the website is Shane Uh, you can go to his website, read his blogs. They're amazing. They're also up on the Christian Post and uh, stream and a couple other places, but we'll be right back with pastor Shane Eidelman, Westside Christian fellowship. And this is the Todd Coconato show, Todd We'll be right back. show thank you for tuning in real talk radio 93.3 fm and on the podcast world all around the world 
And if you're watching us streaming, make sure you add, subscribe, like. Thank you so much for being here. We got an amazing pastor. He's an outspoken pastor. He's an author. He's a speaker. He speaks a great message every Sunday, Wednesday night. Uh, I don't even, you have so many services now, Shane. Uh, Shane, why don't you go ahead and give us an answer you're going to give us before the break, uh, which I think is so important on this subject matter. Well, when before you do surgery, again, consult, obviously, a professional in this area, but what you usually start the hormone replacement therapy first, you know, to what you're what you're doing is a woman would increase testosterone. And I used to, I used to take steroids, hormone replacement therapy. Uh, I, I shouldn't have, but I did. And, and you're, you're taking, you know, Sustanon 250 and, and testosterone, ethanate, propionate, sipinate, right. and all these things. You get more masculine. You get more aggressive. You get more. And so when a woman starts taking that, she be, actually don't turn into a man, but hormonally, you start to feel more like a man. And so then it's right. much easier to want to get the surgery because, hey, now I'm feeling this way. And you start mm. to put a lot of estrogen into a male and they start to develop gynecomastia, you know, with their breast, and yep. they start to feel more feminine. And then they're more apt to obviously want to have surgery to fit now this new desire they're having. So mm. you're, you're playing God, in my opinion. I mean, it's just now those who struggle with it, it's a real struggle. That's why you point them to the cross, point them to hope and redemption. Some struggles aren't taken away immediately. Sometimes there's a fight. It's a battle. But now they have a lot of peace and joy because they understand, hey, Christ is with me in this battle. I can get right. through this. And you see a lot of depression being re- relieved and, 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 and suicidal thoughts because now they understand their design through God. They have a creator and they have a savior. And it's a wonderful journey when those things, it doesn't mean it's easy, but now it's, it's, they can get through it much more. It's, it's much more effective. Yes. What is the spiritual ramifications of something like this? Um, you know, I mean, what if somebody does go ahead with a surgery? Uh, what happens if they later come to Christ? How does that work? Well, yeah, I actually just shared an incredible video story of that, of a person that, that that actually happened to. And you're hearing it more and more now. I'm sure it's, it's seems like every week is don't transition or I had to retransition back. I mean, it's, it's everywhere. I mean, when I go on Twitter, when I go on Instagram or Facebook, somebody's coming back retransitioning. Right. And so on one hand, I don't know who'll be listening, but I want to offer them hope that there's no damage so great that God can't restore. Now, there are consequences for our choices there, you know, and, and there will be some things you have to live with for the rest of your life, but God can redeem and restore. Um, but the consequences spiritually, I personally, I think you're opening a door, a, a right. demonic type of door is being opened. We, I don't believe a Christian can be possessed, like controlled, but they can be oppressed. They can be manipulated. They can be, uh, there can be bondages and strongholds. So you open this door and you begin to basically Romans one you know, reject God, God gives you over to a debased and corrupted mind. And now the demonic stronghold is very real and very evident. So spiritually speaking, I think it's huge. Um, and I don't, I personally haven't met any Christians, you know, spirit filled Christians who have done this transition. That would be kind of hard for me to, to, to fathom that. One. So it's usually somebody oh, yeah. struggling in their faith or they don't have faith. Um, and this is just an outworking and again, Romans one, we're, that's why we're seeing society get more look sex trafficking. We, I, I never heard of that when I was growing up. And now right. we've got to do training for our teenage daughters to show them mm-hmm. what to look for around your car in case somebody might jack you in the middle of the day. I mean, it's yeah. And, and then the Southern borders open. So that's just increased the sex trafficking through the cartels and all that. 
unbelievable. I've been down there. I think you have too, actually. You've been down there. Yeah, with Jack Gibbs. Jack Gibbs. Yeah, took what, us down what, there. what was your experience when you went down to the border? What, what you know, you it was. Um, I actually loved it because our border agents are solid, and I actually looked at the exact places where they accused Trump of putting people in cages and things like that. And right. and they said the false narratives are are incredible because. Um, it's not cages, but you have to, you know, s- secure people. Let's say a girl, you just rescued a girl. You don't really know who her parents are. So you put her in a secure place until you can find out where the parents are. So of course, AOC goes down there and causes a big, you know, big mayhem. This is a battle for the minds of Americans. That's what we're seeing. And I love the idea of the border wall. I think it's biblical. Um, the last three people I've, I've have had challenged me on this. I said, okay, okay, I got it. You know, let's help people. I want you tonight to leave your front door unlocked and your window open and let people know, hey, if you need some food or something, my house is open. Nobody's going to take you up on that. Why is this any different? You, 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 right. The government is supposed to secure our borders and guard. And then I'm going to love the immigrant. I'm going to help them. But the, the government's role, according to God, is to be a terror to those who do evil and to secure that border. Jerusalem was secure. Jericho was secure. The new Jerusalem. I mean, is there going to be wall? I mean, it's 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 just silly, but I know we, you, as you know they're looking for votes, and yeah. uh, and I think without God you are just going in a very dangerous direction in all areas, economically, uh, spiritually, uh, gender identity. I mean every, everything's out of control. Why? Why is everything out of control? You know you take God out of it, and uh, look what happens. That's right. Well, and let me just say that I was uh, one of my last questions with Pastor Jack yesterday was, but, you know, is there hope? Are you seeing revival? And I want to really spend the rest of the program on this because this is a big yeah, thing. That's our I, hope. You know, so you know, I don't want to just talk about negatives because that can be overwhelming. Yeah, but, you know, point. But <laughs> you, you're in the middle of something called Rend the Heavens. And I want yes. the listeners to know about this. And by the way, you were influenced on me with regard to the water fast that I just came out of. And oh, yeah, uh, you. You, Malachi, and I are friends, and we talk about fasting a lot and things like that. Why don't you kind of get into some of that? You wrote a book on fasting, which was very helpful. Um, you know, explain the, the need for fasting. Explain the Ren for Heavens. Kind of give us, you know, what's going on. Okay. How much time do we have? Uh, well, right Six now we've got, about, <laughs> okay. no, we got about 10 minutes right I'll, now. I'll give you the, Our, just a real quick version, then you can, you can chime in, too. Um, what happened is... As here's the good thing about things getting more difficult is it wakes up the church. It woke up the church in 2020. It woke up the church when we see what's going. And when the church wakes up, something pretty dynamic happens. We get desperate. Uh, you begin to go back to the old paths. You begin to call out like Joel, call the sacred assembly, call the people into my house fast and cry out to God. And you, you begin to, to share the passion of Isaiah. Oh God, would you, that word rend the heavens. When I broke it down, it's, it's actually to rip open the heavens literally and come down that the mountains are going to shake in your presence. And so as often as possible, we usually do it every quarter. We're doing it this week. I'm pretty tired actually, is we have church every night and we've been, we've been pushing three hour services every single night. Uh, and we're going to do it the rest of this week. Ronnie Floyd preached on Sunday, got us going. And yeah. it is, uh, you know, Todd, I want to be nice here because I'm sure some of our, our parishioners will listen, but Monday night or Tuesday night compared to Sunday morning is night and day. I mean, mm. Sunday morning, sometimes we feel like we're just lethargic and tired and just going through the motions. Monday and Tuesday night, our church is full, fuller than it is on Sundays. Um, Park, I mean, people or different people. Or? Uh, it's, a, it's well, obviously, it's it's a lot of the same people, but then you have a whole group of of 
uh, you know, many, many more that are, you know, I didn't come on Monday, so I'm coming on Tuesday. I didn't come Monday, so I'm coming tonight on Wednesday night. Wednesday night, I'm preaching tonight on um, when heaven, you know, when heaven comes to our defense, when heaven comes to our rescue and uh, just talking. So my point was there's spiritual hunger. There's desperation. Those who wait upon the Lord will renew. So all these people are spiritually strong. They're being revived. They're being renewed because we're constantly pouring into God. I mean, an hour worth of worship before I even preach. You know, it's just, it's just the altar's full and people are hungry and, and we're asking God to rend the heavens. And God says, that's the cry I hear. I don't hear passivity and you just try to come to church once a month, whenever it fits on your calendar and you might pray on your work. We've got to get desperate because desperate people do desperate things. And the Bible is clear that unless you pursue God, unless you seek God with all your heart, that's the only way you're really going to find him. So the only hope for our nation in California is another spiritual awakening, uh, a massive awakening from God's spirit to revive his church. And so that's what we're, 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 we believe God's word and we believe that it will not come back void. And if we pursue him in some way, shape or form, he's going to answer. And I, I've got tons of testimonies I could share with you just in two nights of, of mm. what God has been doing. Yes. People tell me, they say, does everybody in the nation need to repent? Who needs no. to repent? You know, I think about the second Chronicle seven fourteen. It says, yeah. if my people, you know, so he's, he's, he's specifically speaking to my people, but what would you say about that? Who needs to repent? Does the church need to repent? Who needs to repent? Why well, should tie in fasting real quick too? fasting is the ability to starve the flesh so you can be full of the spirit of God. Now it doesn't mean you're not going to be, if you eat, eating is a good thing, but the flesh is dominating our lives in so many different areas. I've got to go to Starbucks. I've got to have that donut. I've got to have that chocolate. I've got to have that caffeine. I've got to have that cigarette. I've got to have that diet Coke. And all day long, we're just listening to the flesh. So what fasting does is it takes time and it starves the voice of the flesh to hear better the voice of God. But to answer your question, um, with uh what was it again on you know so people say to me like pastor Todd, we have oh that's right yeah all of us yeah well and i I just answered this last week uh somebody said you know shane that verse in second chronicles wasn't to america and i said you know what you're right contextually i'm a context guy contextually solomon he said when i bring pestilence when i bring famine when i bring drought if my people contextually israel however are you telling me that the principle doesn't apply are you telling me if we couldn't get christians on their face before god seeking him turning from him humbling themselves that you are you telling me that that's not going to move the hand of god you are gravely mistaken and so i don't think you have to see even I don't, of course, there's not exact numbers on it, but you're not going to see the vast majority of Christians doing this. God is always looking for what the remnant he's looking for those getting Gideon's army. Let's get that army down to 300. So I get all the glory out. And, you know, this is just a personal belief. And um, I truly believe that what you're doing, what Malachi's doing, what we're doing, what other churches, um, you, know, you mentioned Francis Chan, who has a whole, you won't hear him mention politics much or Michael Culianos in Florida. You won't hear it. It's different right. callings, but we're right. all, I believe we're all staying that hand of judgment. I believe God is, that's a crying people. I mean, a worshiping people. That's, I'm going to, I'm going to stay my hand of judgment. I'm going to honor these people. Now, of course, it's going to get dark and bleak and difficult because evil is always fighting. But I truly believe that solid spirit filled believers praying and fasting are ushering in mighty moves of God's spirit and they are holding back that arm of judgment. I personally believe that because it's biblical. 
It is absolutely biblical. Look at look at what Elon Musk is doing now. He's censoring the White House. Look at what Kanye West, uh, what he's doing. I mean, you That's look uh, at erotic. Yeah. yeah. And not that you need these people, but, you know, God, I think God says, hey, guys, watch what I'm doing. Watch. And we talked about this before. I think if Trump was elected, uh, you know, which we obviously there's a lot of shenanigans, but I think the church would have became more, more, more prideful. Ah, yeah, look at us. Look at us. But God says, I'm going to completely break you. I'm going to put two people in the administration who just um, Russia and China, I'm sure are la- I'm I'm surprised Taiwan hasn't been taken yet. I'm surprised. Yeah. I mean, we are just the laughing stock. We are rejecting God. We and God is saying, OK, church, are you awake now? Are you going to have where where's the fasting and prayer meeting? We have 6 a.m. worship every morning at our church for six years from six in the morning to seven thirty people worshiping and seeking the heart of God. And we don't, we don't do things perfectly. You know, we've got our own flaws as well, but there's got to be a hunger and a desire. Where's that hunger? Where's it at? You know, I see people waiting in line for Cinemark, but you know, churches are just, you know, going business as usual is not going to cut it anymore. We talked wow. about that year months ago. We did. I was going to say, I mean, you know, that's what I love about having you on. Cause you know, we, we think so much alike. I feel like the Lord is giving this, I call it a download, but you know, whatever you want to call it to, to the remnant, uh, things that we need to do, marching orders, how we can, you know, for lack of a better term, save the country. Yeah. And like you said, it might be a lot of bad stuff that happens, but simultaneously, it's like the best of times and the worst of times. Yeah. At the same time, I didn't know this, uh, Pastor Shane. Why don't you get in a little bit more about the red in the heavens? Well, yeah, each night uh, I preach Monday night, Pastor Abram Thomas, Tuesday night. You got to check out Tuesday night's message on prayer. He just he did a phenomenal job. And then tonight I'm I'm back in, in, in this. The whole theme is an atmosphere of prayer. So tonight I'm talking about when heaven comes to your rescue and the, the, some of the prayers of the psalmist. And then Thursday night he's speaking again. He's actually speaking Thursday will be good, too. Uh, the title is going to be and I, I, I gave him this title when a fundamentalist receives the fire. And he came out of a, he came out of a fundamentalist background, you know, rigid suit and tie. And when it receives a receives the fire of God, it changed everything. And then okay. Friday, uh, just a special guest worship. Jake Hamilton is going to be in town and I'll be preaching. And it's Saturday. Uh, Sister Sarah, Sister Sarah Lou, she spent three years in a Chinese prison for her faith, mm-hmm. got out three more years in a Chinese prison, six years. And I remember she came to our church 2018. There was not a dry eye in that room. And it makes you really appreciate this gift that we have in America and what we're fighting for in the freedoms. And if you talk to her on the side, she'll tell you, you American, you, you, if you don't think politics matters, you guys are, you know, just, right. just very, very naive and stupid because what 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 keeps us from becoming like North Korea or China or what keeps us political structures? Yeah, uh, our Constitution, our sec- right. you know, f- freedom of uh, speech and uh, freedom to carry, uh, uh, you know, and defend yourself. And that 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 is what that is a God. Give, that is a God created nation. God built America. Yes, there's a lot of sin in the past. Anytime good was working, so was evil. But overall, God has given us this blessing that we are called to steward. So we're excited about this week. People can actually watch it live or on YouTube, depending on when this comes out. They'll probably go to YouTube, my YouTube channel or the church YouTube channel, Westside Christian Fellowship, and they can watch all of those videos uh, live. I'm not live, but the archive of them, archives. 
Yeah, highly recommend. We'll probably embed a couple, too, in some articles on Remit.news because I think it's going to be good. You know, um, gosh, there's so many things like that. Time's running out here. But, uh, you know, I think about Nineveh in the Bible, Shane. People say, you know, is there any uh, areas in the Bible, any any references where a nation did repent, where a nation did return? And, of course, Nineveh is one of the ones that stands out to me. Uh, what, what stands out to you? I mean, you know, Nineveh or yeah. any other time in the Bible where a nation did repent? Well, what's interesting, yeah, Nineveh was actually the the capital of Assyria. And they, I mean, I don't think they're even obviously following Yahweh. And then you have Nahum, the prophet Nahum coming on the scene 150 years later and pronouncing their judgment because they drifted away. So that's a wonderful principle. But you, what the, the majority of the Old Testament prophets were written to the nation of Israel, you know, the Northern Kingdom, the Southern Kingdom, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, Joel, and Amos and Obadiah, and a lot of them. But what you see is a consistent theme throughout scripture, return to me and I will return to you, amend your ways and I will relent concerning what I was going to do to you. Who knows God, if God will relent and give us a major of revival in our bondage. And it was that, that theme of, of returning back to God, obeying his word, obeying his principles, that brokenness, that, that, that theme is through, through 1500 years of old Testament, uh, scripture for sure. And then the New Testament, obviously, he's not talking to nations because it's disciples and things, but you have the disciples seeing uh, churches in certain regions. You know, the, the five churches of the seven were rebuked. Um, and I think you can make a good argument for Jesus saying, hey, return to your first love. And 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 and, and all these things, you see this constant theme of, of being revived again and rejoicing in God. And so, um, but it is, I mean, you could get into a whole debate on, you know, the nation of Israel, uh, the, the historical ramifications, how God judges nations now. But to me, even in Daniel, you know, the Prince of Persia withstood him. I mean, there seems to be demonic strongholds over certain areas. You I see how God might judge a witchcraft in Africa where he's restraining from, you know, America and you see how he's going to judge North Korea. I mean, so I, I'm, I'm open to the fact that I think God, especially when the nations are judged, you know, the sheep on one side, the goat on the other. And so you do seem that borders, uh, I think can definitely play a role for sure. Yeah. So, you know, pastors are listening right now, leaders in churches, and they're, they're very disturbed by the direction of the country. A lot of people are very beat down. I, you know, as you go around the country, I go around the country. A lot of people are discouraged right now, uh, feeling hopeless. I've never heard so many people dealing with depression, oppression. Yeah. Um, what, what, what is the, the mission of this Ren the Heavens conference that you're doing? I mean, obviously, you know, this would be something that if, if, if every church around the country would catch a similar mm. vision, I think we'd be an extraordinary change here in America. Um, wh- what would you say to the pastors that are discouraged that are listening right now? Well, that's. Uh, discouragement and fear and the suicidal thoughts and all that. A lot of that obviously is, is directly related to this. So, you know, we've talked about, I, I don't really want to know what's going on in the news. I know it need to know a little bit. I don't need to be always negative. I don't need to follow, you know, this tweet and that Twitter and look what's falling apart. Look what's crumbling. I need to be in God's word. I need to be filled with the spirit. We've got young adults. Can't wait to get to church tonight. Every night of the week, our, our church is ready to come to church on Tuesday night or Thursday or Friday. But why? Because there's a hunger. There's an excitement. We still, we're in California. I'm in Los Angeles County. So don't talk to me about evil going, going, going around or, you know, around us. Um, uh, I'm, we're under Gascon, the DA. We're under Newsom, and but even in, in that, I pray. I love these guys. I pray for them. But there's a joy that's unspeakable. But I will fight till my dying day against this un, ungodly agenda. I will, you know, we have people running for school board uh, districts and and making a difference. And and so to me, it's all what you're filled with. 
if you're filled with fear, that's going to be the byproduct. Doesn't mean we don't struggle with fear. Actually, courage, you're very courageous. Uh, others are very courageous. I can try to be courageous. Courage is making the right decision and still fearing. You know, it doesn't mean the absence of fear. Courage is saying, you know what, I'm going to speak the truth in love. And I, I'm concerned with, you know, maybe losing a platform or losing something. And so to me, the pastors need to get back in God's word. Their sermons need to come from the prayer closet, not pop psychology. They need to put on worship, begin fasting and let the spirit of God fill them. They need fresh oil, fresh oil for a new work that's, that needs to take place. So, um, but we've talked about both of us can get a little bit down and, and start looking at too much on what's going. I mean, I just I started watching footage on the drones, what they're capturing in China right now in their COVID camps. And I'm like, oh, OK, that's not productive right now. You know, let me let's get back on track here. And and China doesn't know God. There's a lot of underground Christians in the China church. But America has a potential of really reversing. Uh, and we don't need a, a, a red wave. We need a, the crimson blood of Jesus Christ. Uh, now, a red wave would be nice, of course, because policy matters. But, you know, that's my only concern is that we're, we're not desperate enough. We're angry, but we're not humble. We're mad, but we're not broken. And that has to start in the prayer closet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a heart issue. America has a heart issue and uh, revival starts in our heart. And uh, I just think uh, this is the key. Like you said, fasting, prayer, calling upon the name of the Lord, uh, contending, uh, travailing, even, um, you know, really getting on our faces. And I hope in my prayer, and I know this is yours too, Shane, is that we don't have to go down a worse path before it gets to that place. Imagine if we were to just do this now and say, Lord, we need you now. And I think I mean, the good news, I think we're getting there. Um, you know, I am seeing more people awaken than ever before. Oh, in the body. for sure. Absolutely. You know, so that's the good news. And like you said, there's a remnant and that remnant's rising. We talk about it often. And so I don't think it's a time to get discouraged. I don't think we should be down. If anything, this is the time that we're made for. And so uh, we got about two minutes left. Shane, why don't you just kind of give us some closing thoughts here and speak to the audience about your heart? Yeah, I would, I would say as a closing thought is um, you plus God is the majority. So don't worry about numbers or this, or I can't really make a difference. I, I, I mean, if I had time to share my testimony, it's amazing what God is doing and someone surrendered to him like you, like anyone listening. Uh, so you plus God is a majority. And the reason I think fasting is so important is you begin to deny the flesh and there's a fullness of the spirit that takes place. There's a boldness that, t- that takes place. And as you're in God's word, you're letting God's word change your heart, change your mind. What, ha- what we need is more spirit filled believers in every state of the union. Fill with the spirit of God. So they'll run for office. They'll preach the word. They'll post things that are convicting, but also encouraging. They'll lead people to the Lord in their grocery store. They'll make a difference in their local assembly and in their council. Men and women fill with the spirit of God. And so that's my encouragement is that full surrender needs to take place. Even pastors, you know, I think it, it, William Steele was a famous pastor. He said he threw all his fires in the, into the, he, all his sermons into the fire and received the fire of God because he fully surrendered his life. He's not trying to impress people with this degree or the size of his church. Um, you know, I don't even want to know our numbers anymore. I just want to pursue God and, uh, be filled with the spirit of God. So that, that's the encouragement is that's what we need. That's our only hope. I love it, man. And you, and you did that so uh, just perfectly in the amount of time that we have left. Yeah, so I, thank you. Shane Eidelman, you can 
find, listen, he's got audio books. He's got books that you can download for free on the website. He puts up articles and blogs on his website, shaneandelman.com. We'll put the links below as well, uh, depending on where you're listening from. Uh, but Shane, thank you so much for being on with us. We thank appreciate you. And, it. I, and I should clarify too, Todd, the free books are at the church website. The, the church website right. has Westside all the books Christian free. Christian. Awesome. All right. We'll be back. This is the Todd Coconato Show. Thank you for tuning in. You can find us, PastorTodd.org. We love you. We bless you. Keep standing. Don't become depressed. Don't grow weary in doing good. Stand on the promise of God, which is yes and amen, hope, and a future. We love you. If you've enjoyed this episode of Idleman Unplugged, be sure to send us your ideas and topics for future episodes of the podcast. You can send us an email at westsidechristianfellowship.org or shaneidleman.com. Again, my name is Luke Duncan, and I am your host of Idleman Unplugged. Thank you for listening to us today, and join us again on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Idleman Unplugged. For more information, visit us at shaneidleman.com. Again, that's shaneidleman.com. Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. El Paseo Publications proudly supports the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network. We are committed to quality in Christian publication. Free ebooks can be found at westsidechristianfellowship.org under free ebooks. Books such as What Works for Men and What Works for Young Adults will help readers understand that the obstacles ahead are never greater than God's power to take you through. Books such as What Works When Diets Don't and Feasting and Fasting demonstrate how health can be achieved from a biblical perspective. Other free books such as Answers for a Confused Church and Desperate for More of God show the importance of fully surrendering our lives to Christ. And One Nation Above God is a must-read for anyone concerned about the direction of America. Again, free downloads of these ebooks are available at westsidechristianfellowship.org. We are happy about partnering with the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network.